Hallelujah. Glad to see each and every one of you. Hi, Glennie. Hi, JP. Glad that every one of you is here. It's, it, it's, it's a blessing when we get to come together. Um, I, I, I'm excited about what God is wanting to do. I was up most of the night uh, in prayer and just just fellowshipping with the Lord. And He's got great things in store for us. So if you have to, turn off the TV, get off the Internet, and stop listening to everything that's going on around according to the world because you're not governed by the world. You're under the Lord. And as long as you're following Jesus, come on, you've got something to do here and you've got some place to go. Amen? Uh, all we can do is pray for the situations that we're seeing and the struggles that's in the world. Pray for those uh, that they might come to the knowledge of Jesus. Amen? If you would, open up your Bibles. Very familiar verses of Scripture just for a text. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. i tell you what's on my heart this morning is... Uh, the reality of, uh, uh, how many times have you heard people, they say it with a, with, with a, with a twinkle in their eye and, and, and a lot of pride in their heart, I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. Well, I feel sorry for you. I'll tell you what we're having in the church right now. We're having a lot of people who just want to be reformed. You know, that's what our, we call our penal system. We, we, we send people away and we say we're going to bring them out and they're going to be reformed. And they come out and they're worse than they ever were before because man cannot reform anything or anybody. Reform is if I stand up here and I tell you, you know, I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to try to eat better. I'm, I'm going to try to talk better. I'm going to try to act better. I'm going to try to treat my wife better. I'm going to try to be a better person. No, I need to submit to the Most High God and let Him do a work. See, we're in three places today. We're in a place where you're either being transformed by the power of the living God or you're being conformed to the world or you're being reformed. You're just trying to make a better image of yourself. I don't want self. I want Jesus, amen? And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, the Holy Ghost wants to do a work in our lives this morning, and if we'll hear this word and submit to it, it doesn't matter what mountain, it doesn't matter what uh, winds of storm that are presenting itself in your life and my life, God will meet you and I where we're at, and He'll take us to a different level. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 5, if you would, let's start reading in verse 16 and read through the chapter, but... We'll concentrate on verse 17. Everyone in here knows it. Verse 16 says, Whenceforth, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Don't you wish we could say that and be honest? Yeah. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man, if any person be in Christ, he is, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us, say He's talking to me, the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though 
uh, God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him, for God hath made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Yes. Yes, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for honoring the Word. Once again, thank you so much for your presence. We don't take it for granted. We're very thankful for each and every one of you. We're praying for you. And we're excited about God building us together to be His body in the earth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, you and I today, we, we see so many things happen. If you would just stop your busy schedule, if I would stop my busy schedule, and we would just let our mind... Uh, be inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we go back through our whole experience in Jesus, you and I, we could name countless numbers of people who we have come in contact with who at one time come to church, who at one time had lifted their hands, who at one time raised their voice, and now for whatever reason, they have went this way or they went that way and all of these things have happened and and a lot of times we've sat beside people in churches and uh, we were so grateful and so thankful that they were there but we knew that somewhere along the way that, that they were coming into a building but they weren't coming into the person they weren't coming to Jesus and so you and I we've got to step back and we've got to recognize and realize that those who have truly come to Christ say he's, he's talking about me and when you come to Christ, then you've got a ministry. You, you've got a ministry to reconcile people back to God, uh, to, to, to testify, to witness, to honor what Jesus has done to you to reach others. And so the reason why you and I can do that is because we're not going to conform to this world. See, the word conform means uh, you just need to look like everybody else. You need to dress like everybody else. You need to talk like everybody else. And right now, we, we've got a, a, a cultural movement that's coming upon uh, the whole world, but it's come, fixing to come like never before against the church that uh, you've got to accept, embrace, and then endorse what the world's doing. No. No, in the name of Jesus, we're not going to do that. This is our guide. This is our standard, Jesus Christ. And so... We're not better than anybody else, but we walk in that blood. We're covered by that blood. And we're going to love by that same love that we're with God loved us through Christ. Amen? Amen. And if you truly love somebody, you'll stand for the truth. Yes. Come on, you, you, you'll, you'll be what you're called to be. I'll be what I'm called to be. And so this morning, we don't want to be conformed, but we don't want to be reformed either. Come on, reformed simply means to take the original creation and, and, and work on it. You and I, it doesn't matter how much we work on our sinful nature of the old man, of the carnal man, you cannot improve upon it to the point to where it's acceptable before God. God has to transform us. He has to make us brand new. And so you have got to come to the place, I've got to come to the place where we recognize that just because somebody says, Lord, Lord, it doesn't mean that Jesus is Lord. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus goes into great detail. He said at the last days, there's going to be many that are going to say, Lord, Lord. 
But he's going to have to say, depart from me, I never knew you. So you and I, we've got to make sure that we don't give somebody a false sense of security. Right now, there's thousands of people who go to churches and they're hearing a message, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Now listen, God is a God of grace, but sin is not okay. Sin will send you to a place of separation from God. It'll send me to a place of separation from God. And separation from God is death. Come on now. So we've got to be in the place where we recognize that we are what the Bible says we are. Therefore, if any person be in Christ. Are you in Christ this morning? Let me see your hand. Come on. Witness. Testify. Let all of heaven know. Let all of hell know who you are. You are in Christ. So you are a new creature. That means that you're not what you used to be. Amen. You're, you don't act like you used to act. You don't talk like you used to talk. You're something different. Now, what we've got to get in our heart here is that um, uh, where he says, uh, he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away. This, this old things is archaeos. It's where we get our English word uh, for uh, archaeology. So you need to see that the old things of your life are passed away. But the word means that you see that it's passed away and then you learn how to neglect it. You learn how to uh, deny it. Because as long as you're alive before the sounding of the trumpet or the or, uh, in the coming of the Lord, this flesh body is going to try to resurrect itself. The, the feelings, the desires, the impact that it had on you in the past, it wants to impact you today. And so you've got to say, now wait a minute. When the devil comes and he whispers in your ear, when he, he resurrects some old thoughts, some old desires, some old plans, when he shows you visions of, uh, of what you had when you were in a, in a certain point in your life without Christ, you need to stand up and say, uh-uh, I count those things as dead. They're, they're, they're dead and buried, archaeology. They're, they're, they're gone. I neglect them. I'm not going to let that have an impact on me because I'm a new creature. See, a new creature means that you're made in the image of God's dear Son. Isn't that something? That's who you are. And, and, and you're made that way because God wants you to, to be in the place where you can be used to touch people. Look what he says, verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled. Now, I, I want you to think about the power and the plan that God had for your life. It says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now, this word reconciled here, it means to change mutually. Now, this is how much you are loved, and this is how much power is in the Christian, the believer's life. Jesus Christ exchanged his glory for this flesh body. And then he overcome all temptation and all sin and walked in victory that he could come to where I'm at, where you're at, in the midst of the stronghold of sin, and he could change us mutually. He, in other words, he could take us to the Father by his sacrifice. Amen? And his sacrifice makes you brand new. Brand new. Amen? And so... the, the, the you serve a Jesus that knows what you're struggling with, that knows what you're dealing with, knows every impact 
uh, of every lying spirit, of every seducing spirit, every cunning work of the serpent, Jesus knows about it. And so he's here to help us. Now, notice what it said. It said, uh, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So I'm a new creature. I can do new things. You're a new creature. You can do new things. We, and this ministry of reconciliation means to exchange people from the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness, under the kingdom of God's dear Son, Ephesians 1, the kingdom of light. Your life is not boring. Your life does not... Uh, uh, meander along. You're, you have a destiny. You have a purpose. And your purpose is that you're going to succeed in the things and the will and the plan of God because you've been transformed. Metamorphosis. There's a little metamorphosis that took place in your life when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your spirit. So how, how can we learn how to operate in this and how can we teach other people to operate in this? Let, go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 17, the Gospel of Matthew, and, and let's see a literal example that will help us put this into practice. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 1. You know this story, but don't, don't let what you know about it limit and hinder what God would say you, to you today. The Word of God is pregnant. The Word of God is always uh, revealing itself to you and I in a deeper level. It's not that the Word changes because the Word is God and God never changes, but we're changing. In other words, you can learn more and you can receive more every time you hear the Word. Amen? Matthew 17 and 1. And after six days, now this is a type and a shadow, First of all, you've got the number six, which is the number of man. But you also, this is a type and a shadow of the coming of the Lord. After six days, after 6,000 years, there's coming a millennial reign of Christ. There's a lot of people that don't believe in a literal millennial reign of Christ, but there is one coming, the Bible tells us, and it cannot, it will not be stopped. Amen? All right, so after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Now, here's what Jesus wants to do in your life, in my life. He wants to uh, transform us and bring us up above the world. He wants us to set us on the mountaintop. He wants us to have an experience uh, even greater than what Moses experienced. Now, think about Moses. There are 40 days with God on the mountaintop. Uh, now, thank God for that, and thank God for the, the shining of the face of Moses in the Old Testament type and shadow of what you and I can have here in the New Testament. But we've got to be willing to let Jesus take us to the top of the mountain. We've got to be willing for Him to do what? Bringeth us up. We've got to be willing. See, Jesus will not... He gives you and I free will. Are you willing today? Am I willing today to come up out of some things? Uh, out of some, uh, there's a lot of people that are blaming God for a lot of things. God didn't do it. The devil did. My sin nature did. My rebellion, my resistance of God standing against God. God loves me. God is a God of love, but love will always change us and impact us if we receive it in truth. Amen? So I need to say, okay, I've got the number of man in my flesh. But when I get born again, I become a new creature. 
a new creation. That's why God created the six-day man in Genesis 1, and he created the eighth day. Understand the way that that's written to show us that there's something more. There is Adam, and there is the Adam. There is the, the, the first Adam, there's the last Adam. You and I, we need to be in Christ. We need to know who we are, and we need to stand strong in this reality. Verse number 2. And was transfigured before them. You know why so many people are not changed when they come to the house of God or when they come to a a Bible study or some sort of activity that we call religious, which I do not like that term at all, because they've never seen Jesus extolled. They've never seen Jesus lifted up. They've never come to that place where He is where He is supposed to be above all else. See, if we'll let Jesus take us where He really is, these little things that cause us trouble, these little things that get our attention, and these little things that try to conform us to the world, they'll become nothing. If we'll really see Jesus Christ in all of His glory, amen? He wants to reveal Himself to us. And He was transfigured. He was metamorphosed. He, he, right before their eyes. And His face did shine as the sun, and His raiment white as light. So here Jesus is. He's in the same flesh body that they're in. And all of a sudden, because they were willing to be set apart, this didn't happen to the whole twelve. This only happened to the four who was closest to Jesus. And He brought them to the mountaintop. He brought them to a special place. And they accepted that. They received that. And all of a sudden, this metamorphosis took place. In other words, the flesh was dropped off and they saw what they could stand like what Moses saw. They saw the glory of Jesus Christ. See, you and I, we need to see the glory of Jesus. If we see the glory of Jesus, nothing of this world will ever tempt us again. Nothing of this world will will have a stronghold in people's lives. And so we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. How are they going to see Jesus? Through you. Through the church. Amen. So we've got to be in that place where Jesus, yes, thank God, He was a man, but He's God. Yes. Amen? We've got to put Him in His proper place. <clears throat> Verse number 3, And behold, there appeared unto them. Now I want you to think about this just for a second. When you and I get in that place where Jesus is extolled, where He is not just... Uh, Savior, Thank God that He is Savior. But when he's, when he's exalted to the right hand of the Father, and He's sitting there in all of His power and all of His glory, all of a sudden, then we can see and understand things that we never saw or never understood before. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with Him. Moses, a type of the law, yes. But also a type of those who had to die before they got to the promised land. But there with him also was Elijah. A type of the prophets, yes. But a type of those who were not going to taste death. Come on now. You and I, we got to be in the place and the position. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, not all of us are going to die. Come on, some will, but some's going to be alive unto the coming of the Lord. And so you and I, we've got to be in our place, in our position. We've got to be about our Father's business. And we've got to exalt. We've got to extol Jesus to that place. And all of a sudden, the the law and the prophets, the Word of God, the understanding of, of death 
and resurrection. It becomes the focal point of our life. It becomes what we're all about, what we're destined to do, how we can change and impact this world that is hurting. Amen? Oh, glory. Glory. I I, want to see Jesus like I've never saw Him before because I can't present a Jesus to somebody that I haven't saw, that I don't know. Oh, glory. Verse number 4. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he yet spake, I wish we had time to cover this, but we don't. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Now see, all of a sudden, when you and I let Jesus transform us, see, because you and I can never have what this Bible says until we see it for ourselves. See, when you get to the place where you see the Bible is not just a book, when you see that the Bible is not for this person or that person, this Bible is Jesus, the living Word, and it's for me, then all of a sudden that changes everything. And so here they are, and they're in a place where they're supposed to be, and it says, while he yet spake, a bright cloud overshadowed them. This is the Shekinah glory of God Almighty. This is the same cloud that led the children. Come on, 40 years in the wilderness. God's not going to let you fall. Now, you can choose to turn away. I can choose to turn away. But we're going to stay under the covenant, Psalms 91, of the Most High God. We're going to abide under that shadow, amen? So when you're in that place where Jesus is exalted, you're set apart, you're being transformed, all of a sudden you hear Jesus speak like you've never heard Him before. Jesus has got some words for you this morning that you have never heard heard with understanding before. And it's going to change your life. It's going to impact you. It's going to have a divine influence upon the heart. That's what grace is. Divine influence upon the heart. That's going to put you in your place for the coming of the Lord. For His will. His work. Now He overshadowed them. And behold a voice out of the cloud which said this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased hear ye him. So all of a sudden, uh, we've got God the Father, we've got God the Holy Spirit, we've got God the Son, we've got them manifested there, and and we're able to hear what we could never hear otherwise. Isn't that exciting? Now, let, let's look at an example. Go with me to, to Luke chapter 1. Hold your place here. Luke chapter 1. Let's look at this overshadowing, what it will do in your life. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1, uh, this, is the, this is the story where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary. And so I, we don't have time to cover all this, but he comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to have a Jesus. Amen? And so, look, starting just for sake of time, look at verse 34. Luke 1, 34. Luke 1, 34. Uh, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? See, that's what we do a lot of times. We read a promise of God. Something comes to our heart, to our life. And then we ask this question. I I don't know nobody that can make that happen. It ain't from man. It's from God. Amen? Notice what happens. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, unto Mary, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, is what he's, I want you just to get this in your spirit, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest 
shall overshadow thee. Glory. This is what overshadowed Peter, James, and John. Shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. See, when you and I get in a place where Jesus is extolled and we, get, uh, we let Him take us up to a higher place in our life, all of a sudden, uh, the Holy Spirit brings those words that are in your spirit, He brings them to fruition. You realize you've got truth in your life right now that God is warning you and I to birth and the devil's warning you and I to abort. He's warning us to give up on the promises of God. But we've got to hold tight We've got to hold fast the promises of the Word of God and let God produce in our life what only He can produce. Amen? Amen. Verse 36. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. She was named barren. But see, she got a, a, a promise from the Lord. You and I, Jesus said that we can not only bear fruit, but we could bear much fruit and it would remain. Amen? So we've got to be in the place and the position where we let the, the, the Lord transform us. Lift us up out of our old way of thinking, our old way of talking. Let, 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 let's come into that relationship and let's let the Holy Spirit overshadow us and show us who we are and what we can do. We can do all things through Christ. Verse 37. For with God, how many is with God this morning? Come on now. Let that sink in just for a second. For with God, nothing. This is a double negative. Not any one thing shall be what? Impossible. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the bank account says. I don't care what our government says. We're in a mess in in the natural, but I want you to know God's, he, 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 nothing's caught him off guard. Amen? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now notice, how, is, how does this happen? Verse 38, and Mary said, see, we've got to be in that place, in that position where when the Holy Spirit overshadows us and God talks to us, he gives us Jesus, he gives us a fresh word, that we come in agreement. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Let's let the Lord overshadow us. Let's let Him speak a word into our spirit or the word that is already spoke there. Let's let it come to pass. So Peter, James, and John, they're on the mountain and they're overshadowed by the presence of the Lord. And, and, and God Almighty talks to him and He says, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. See, when we're in that place, in that position, all of a sudden, uh, they've been walking with Jesus all this time. They were hearing Jesus. But how many times did they look at each other and they go, what is he talking about? They couldn't get it. See, you and I, if we stay in the place where we're being conformed by the world or where we're trying to reform ourselves, we can never understand what Jesus is saying. But if we'll come to the place where we let the Lord Jesus Christ transform us, make us into what He's destined us to be, all of a sudden we can hear God's Word like we've never heard it before. Amen? We won't take time to turn there, but what happened in Acts chapter 5? 
when, because Peter heard this word. He got, see, everything that God does in your life for you, he wants to do in your life through you for somebody else. Yeah. Amen? So Peter got overshadowed. In Acts chapter 5, all of a sudden, Peter is walking just down the street. And, and the shadow that he is carrying now comes on sick and lamed and devil-possessed people. What is it, Acts 5.15 maybe? And, and the, 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 the Holy Spirit overshadows through Peter. It's called Peter's shadow. Because why? Because Peter has received the shadow of the Lord for his own. Have I today? My choice. They were healed. They were delivered. God hasn't changed. God says, I change not. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said in Isaiah 46, 8 through 10, He said, I'm going to declare the end of time from the beginning. So the end of the church is going to be just like it was in the beginning. Signs and wonders and miracles is coming back to the church, not because God said, oh, I'm going to bless you again. No, it's because we're going to get to the place where Jesus is lifted up. We, we were transformed. We put Him in His proper place. And all of a sudden, what, what we have been given, we give out. Yes. Glory. Amen. Glory. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Aren't you glad that you can be a living sacrifice for the Most High God. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which is your reasonable worship. In other words, when you uh, get to the place where you're a new creature, when you come to that mountaintop experience and you get set aside, it's an act of worship. Worship costs something. Think about David and, and, and the place where he bought the land to, to stay uh, the, the plague that was coming upon Israel. You know, they said, oh, we'll just give it to you, David. No, he said, no, I've got, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to purchase it. Worship costs something. Jacob, to become Israel, he wrestled with the Lord all night, and it cost him something. He limped the rest of his life. Your reasonable service, your reasonable worship, it's it's worth something. Amen. It, it's a value in the eyes of God and it, and it has an impact on around you. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world, uh, but be you transformed, metamorphosis. Be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. God wants us to see that every point in your life. He's, Paul's writing to the church at Rome. He's writing to Christians. And he has to tell them, don't be conformed to this world. That means that the devil's coming after the church. He doesn't has the world. He wants the church. He wants you and I to settle for less. Oh, well, Jesus used to do that, but he don't do it no more. God used to could reach down and change this and change that, but, well, those things have changed. The perfect has come, and now that the perfect's come, all these other things have been done away with. We're representing the Lord, and we're going to be held accountable how we represent Him. What we say He can do, what we say He can't do, what we say He will do. Amen?
Brother Ryan, put First Peter 1.14 on the screen. Do not be conformed to this world. Now this will go over real big, but First Peter 1.14... Peter says, because he had been with Jesus, he said, as obedient children. See, the Bible tells us that with obedience, blessing comes. So, I'm not talking about you this morning, I'm talking about me. I'm judging righteous judgment in my own life. I'm not judging by appearance, amen? I'm not judging you, I'm judging myself. So, any area in my life that the blessing is not flowing in my life, I need to step back, I need to come back and let Jesus set me apart. I need to let him overshadow me where I can hear what the situation is. You're not meant to be accursed. I'm not meant to be accursed. Deuteronomy 28 lists us the blessings in the first, what, 14 verses or something? Then you've got about uh, 60 verses of cursings. So if I will be obedient, that's under the old covenant. How much more under the new are you and I to be blessed? But as obedient children, not fashioning That's the same word where Paul said to the church at Rome, don't be conformed to this world. Fashion today makes me sick. If you want to just look at the word in the natural point from what we're talking about. uh, What fashion is about... uh, the things that, that they wear, I wouldn't be caught dead in. You wouldn't be caught dead in. That's not appealing to us. Because it is a tool of the devil. See, Balaam could not curse God's people. Even though Balak hard him, he could not do it. But all of a sudden, by the inspiration of the enemy, he knew how he could cause God's people to curse themselves. And he moved on those... <clears throat> He moved on that situation and he caused them to commit fornication. He caused them to commit idolatry. He caused them to fall because they were looking at the things of the world. So do not be conformed to this world. As obedient children, not fashioning, not conforming yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. See, I got by with a lot of things for a lot of years because I didn't know it was wrong. But now you and I, we have no excuse. Why does a lot of people in churches do certain things? Because they see somebody else do it. I've I, I done the very same thing. I looked and I thought, oh, that's the standard. If, if, if they're doing that, then I can do that. Why do you think we're, where we're at in the world? That's why we've got so many denominations. I'm going to go to a church where let me do what I want to do. Well, there's only one church that the gates of hell is not going to prevail against, and that's the church of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be in the church of Jesus Christ, aren't you? I thank God for the building, but thank God for Jesus. He's the one that I'm looking to, I'm holding to. Amen? All right. So, let's go back real quick uh, to Matthew 17. Now notice what he said here. And while he yet spake, verse 5, Matthew 17, 5, uh, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Verse 6. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face, and they were sore afraid. 
you and I, we've got to see that they just went lower than they've ever been before. We've got to recognize that the lower that we get, uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, in the book of James chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 5, they both tell us that when we humble ourselves, the lower that you and I can get, the higher God can exalt us. So all of a sudden, they humble themselves because they have, just think about what has happened here. They have heard the Father speak. Oh my goodness. They've heard the words that are going to impact their generation and that would set forth the reason why you and I are where we're at this morning. Now let that sink in just for a second. That's how valuable God's church is. You wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be here if they hadn't heard and walked in it. So I'm going to hear this morning, you're going to hear this morning, we're going to walk in it because there's souls at stake. There's the lost, there's confused, there's the hurt. All of those things, there's the disturbed, which bothers me more than I have a heart for. There are so many disturbed people that need this message of peace. And when the uh, disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Now look, verse 7. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Now this word touched, it, it, Brother Donnie, this word touched means that Jesus come and he attached himself to them. Yes. When I'm in the vine and he's in me then I become His branch. And everything that's in Him flows in me. Everything that is in Jesus flows in you. Grace, mercy, comfort, peace, whatever God's wanting to do in your life and through your life, it's right there. But see, they had to get to the place where they could hear the truth. If we'll get to the place where we can hear the truth, Jesus will come and He'll attach Himself to us. He's not going to attach Himself to me in areas that I'm not willing to hear Him and obey Him. But when I hear Him and obey Him, He said He would lift. What did it say? And He said, Arise, O glory. I'm believing with all of my heart that there's going to come an anointing on the church like never before. And, I, and I, I've got some things I want to say, but I've I got to wait till Jesus gives me the leeway to say it. There's some things that's going to happen. And, and the, the church is coming up in Jesus Christ. We're going to learn how to lift Jesus like never before. We're going to arise and we're not going to be afraid of the world. We're not going to be afraid of the devil. We're not going to be afraid of the outcome because we don't, we're going to be able to see it. We're going to know what God is going to do and we're going to be able to see it in our heart, in our spirit, before it actually comes to pass. Amen? All right. Quickly, Second Second uh, Corinthians 3. Let's look at the last two verses, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We, we love verse 17. Now, the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Uh, Brother Corey and Brother Justin were leading us in worship this morning. We are that, uh, that very dwelling place of the Spirit of the living God. So, so you have liberty in your life. And, and it, if the devil has told you, if the flesh has told you anything else, you need to come back and hear God, agree with Him, and, and, and let Him 
lift you up in that truth. But look what it says, verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Now, Paul, you know, says in 1 Corinthians 13 that he looks through a glass darkly. And so, there, you know, you and I, we're not, we haven't come to the place where we could see everything as we would like to see. But James calls this same glass, this, uh, this word, a mirror in James chapter 1. And so when we look in the word, it's like looking in a mirror. And so when we look in that mirror of the word of God, we want to be in the place and the position where we see Jesus. But if we don't see Jesus, that doesn't discourage us. That tells us what we need to do. We come back and we say, Lord, right here, there, there's some fear, there's some anger, there's some, uh, there's some aggravation, there's, there's some hatred, there's some, there's some unforgiveness, there's some disobedience. Right here, I, I, I see it because I'm looking in the mirror of the Word of God. I'm cursed in that area. I'm not blessed. And, and so I'm going to come and humble myself, and, and I want you, Jesus, to set me apart. I want you to take me to a mountaintop experience where I can hear the Father speak to me through you by the Spirit. Amen. I want to hear those words. I want to be raised up out of where I'm at, out of my, my moment of time in this experience. And I want the reality of the covenant to contradict what the devil's trying to place in my life. Amen. Amen. And, and so you're in that place, you're in that position where you're being changed. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed. Metamorphosis metamorphosis, into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, I, I want to say this, and I don't... Why do we have so many denominations? Because denominations mean division. But everything starts out as a revelation. See, you and I, when, how did we get saved? We, we was revealed that we were in sin and that we had a need of a Savior, and then it was revealed to us that we receive a Savior. And that's how we got forgiven, and we got born again, and was made this new creature. And then we started this progressive walk with the Lord, and revelation kept coming, kept increasing. But what happens with the domination is that they get a truth, they start a foundational church ideal on that one truth, and now we've got it. We've heard everything that God has to say, and this is our church, this is the way we believe, this is what we're going to do, and, and, and they stay right there. But see, God doesn't want you to stay on the first revelation. He doesn't want, He wants you to know that you're being changed from glory to glory. Every time I look in this word, every time you look in this word, you're being metamorphosed, you're being metamorphosed, you're being changed, transformed. Isn't that something? So uh, let's get out of man's denominations and let's get in to the Word of God and let's, let's move deeper. Let's go farther. All right. In closing, I want you to think about this. He said that we're being changed from glory to glory. So uh, uh, t tomorrow, if I'll stay in obedience and I'll keep seeking the Lord, I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. All right. But I've got to know... I can't do anything about tomorrow, and I can't do anything about yesterday, so I've got to know who I am right now, and, I, and I've got to see that there's a light in me. And, and, and that light, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, 15, and 16, was to produce a good work that would bring the Father glory, right? All right, so turn over. You're in the third chapter. Turn to the fourth chapter quickly. 2 Corinthians 4, 
Look at, uh, it talks about the gospel being hid in verse 3, but, and about the God of this world blinding people. But look at verse 6. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. See, you and I, we once were dark. Just like this type in the shadow. He literally done that. We know that in the book of Genesis. He said, light be. And light was and light is continually expanding and growing unto this day, right? It come out of the darkness. So, you and I, we've got to see that, that uh, if there is a dark area in our life, the light of the Lord will change that. But He wants to change this world. Uh, those who will be called out of this world through you and I. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if I've seen Him, if I'll see Him, I've seen the Father. He said, if I will hear Him, I am hearing the words of the Father. So, I'm being changed from glory to glory because Jesus is that word. And that word is, is, is getting me to the place where I can hear God talk and I can humble myself and God can lift me up. Because He's not in reality lifting me up. He's lifting up the work of Jesus. He's lifting up the plan that He has for us. Now notice this. You've got to decree this out of your own life. Verse 7. But someday miraculously, wonderfully, in the future, great distance, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Right now. Everybody's waiting. Oh, someday I'll be able to do something. You're not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised tomorrow. Right now, you have a treasure in this earthen vessel. You have the Holy Spirit in your spirit that has been metamorphosed, that's been metamorphosed, that has been changed. That's the treasure. The treasure of God Almighty is inside of this under it's inside of this carnal, natural, uh, natural body that's going back to the earth. Amen? But you've got to believe it and you've got to say, no, wait a minute, I've got a treasure. It's hidden in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So you in other words, everything that you and I do, we know it's by the glory and for the glory of God. So right now we see the enemy looks like he's increasing. It looks like that, that, that the church is going to limp out of here. Well, it's not. Jesus could have come in any point in time, but he's going to come when, uh, and, and bring his church to a place of great power where he receives all the glory. So I want you to, in closing, I want you to consider what we just read about looking in the face and having a treasure hidden inside of us, and we won't take time to go there, but you go and you read Judges in your, in your meditation time, Judges uh, 6, 7, and 8. And you look at Gideon, and, and you see where Gideon uh, had certain feelings about himself, and then you see where the angel of the Lord told him what God thought about him. See, this, this humility, this self-humbling of self uh, to get out of what God would have us to do displeases the Lord. That's not true humility at all. That's pride reflecting itself, disguising itself as humility. 
So here Gideon is. And the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, You are a mighty man of valor. Right? Gideon was, if you look, he was threshing wheat there at the wine press because they were being oppressed by the Midianites because of their disobedience. They were under a curse. How many people in the church today are doing the right thing in the wrong place? Now let that sink in just for a second. Threshing the wheat at the wine press. What does that mean? We read that and we, if we're not careful, we just, just gloss over it and just go on. Brother JP, we know what the wine press is about. The wrath of God. The devil wants us out of step. He wants us out of season. He wants to move the seasons ahead. Remember, the Bible says in the book of Daniel that the devil wants to change time, seasons, customs. He wants to get everything out of whack. You and I at the church, we've got to be the focal point of pointing people to Jesus. So the church has been doing the right thing but in the wrong place. In other words, we're threshing the wheat at the wine place. You better get saved or you're going to hell. Well, we understand there's a judgment. But you need to get saved. You need to get born again because God loves you. And God has a need for you to be His own in this earth. So the whole story, quickly, in closing, God gave Gideon the plan. First of all, he tore down the altars. He tore down the, 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 the grove of his dad. You and I, we need to make sure that we've got everything out of our life. There's only one mountain, and that mountain is Jesus. We need to make sure. So he tore down all of those things, and, 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 and then God gives him the plan of how they can have success. And so uh, ultimately, you've got 30,000 of, of their warriors against 135,000 of the enemy. If you add the, the two Zs with the, in Acts 12, I mean, in Judges 8 and 12, I believe it is. You add those together. So, but God said, no, that's too many. And so he, he said, you tell everybody who's afraid to go home. And, and, and so uh, you had 20,000 of them that went home. So you're left with 10,000. So 10,000 against uh, 135,000, that sounds bad, but that's not as bad as what it could be, right? But then all of a sudden, God separates again between those who stick their face down in the water and those who scoop the water up. And Gideon ends up with a 300-man army. But how did they defeat that many thousands of people? Because they obeyed God. What did they do? They were changed from glory to glory. All of a sudden, they had, uh, they had a trumpet. They had a pitcher and they had a light. And they covered that light with the pitcher. But at the right time, they sounded the trumpet and they broke off the pitcher. The light shined. When you and I, when we're changed from glory to glory, we have a treasure hidden in this earthen vessel. When we allow God to help us to break off this flesh body, the light shines, the enemy's confused, and all of a sudden, God's will, God's plan, God's work succeeds. Amen? I want that, don't you? 
So confirmation, if you want to conform to the world, that's easy. And not only is it easy, they'll put their arm around you. And reformation, they'll come and they go, you're doing good. You go through that program and you make yourself better. But transformation is radical. Transformation is risky from a worldly standpoint, not from God, not from a heavenly standpoint. But God's coming for a church that looks just like His Son. And God's going to work through a church that looks and acts and talks like Jesus. So this morning, would you be in the place, would I be in the place where we'd humbly submit and let Jesus take us to a mountaintop experience where He can show us some things. Peter, James, and John, they walked so close to Jesus, but they had problems. They argued about who was the greatest. They argued about calling far down from heaven. In, 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 in um, Luke chapter 9, and all of these things, they had some issues. John, uh, the apostle, had to be changed, uh, or John, uh, the, the, the fisherman, had to be changed into John, the apostle of love. Things had to happen. This morning, let's don't settle where we're at. Let's move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would touch each one of us right now with the power of the drawing of your Holy Spirit. Bring revelation, bring unction in our life. For if there's any area in our life that we are not transformed, we're not talking about judging ourselves. We're not talking about judging one another. We're talking about the truth of the Word of God being the mirror that we look into. And showing us where we're at, but showing us where you would have us to be. Let every person be touched, let them be encouraged, let them be strengthened. And let them come out of the point of standstill. Because you're not a God that is not in motion. You're a God that is always moving forward, one way or the other. Lord, let it be. Let every person be touched, let them be encouraged, let them be strengthened right now. Let us be humble before your very sight. We ask these in the name of Jesus. Would you come this morning and make yourself an altar? Or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, make yourself an altar at your chair. It doesn't matter, wherever. But would you just spend some time this morning with Jesus? Spend some time and, and, and let Him show you. you. God's got so much greater for you than you've ever dreamed of. He's got some stuff He wants to work in you and through you that's going to change your whole outlook. It's going to reach and touch people that everybody else has gave up on. Would you come in the name of Jesus this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.